that. There we go. All right, end of August already. Can you believe it? Where did the month go? Have I been back for a month already? Yes, it has been. Workout's done. Afternoon was a bit, uh, you know, interrupted a little bit. And uh, value of an hour of a day. How much can you actually progress in a year? Construction and these cameras. Ugh, saw the Barbie movie. Not bad. Oppenheimer comes out August 30th. And is school really that bad? So what if it doesn't teach you finance driving or other things? Oh, and hey, that Trump meme. Is it just a meme or what is it? Folks, it is Monday, August 28, 2023. I'm Stephen Sierski, uh, Canadian expat here in Beijing, China. This is my audio blog, published Monday to Friday, posted up on my website, stephensierski.com. You'll also find uh, access to my newsletter and uh, all the other writings I've done over the years as I've lived overseas. Now, I've recently started a newsletter on Substack, uh, which is stephensierski.substack.com. You can go there, sign up, it's, uh, sign up, it's free. Uh, and that uh, I've been actually been committing some time to it. Uh, every week I try to publish something, decent articles. And again, it's stuff that's uh, going on here. It'll give you sort of an inside look of uh, what it's like to be living in China, living in Beijing, and then living overseas in general. It's not a flowery, happy uh, travel vlog or travel blog by no means. It's kind of like, hey, what is it like to live and work overseas? That's kind of all it is. So anyway, last week of August, can't believe that uh, uh, this month has disappeared already. I've been working pretty much every day. I've complained about this in other episodes, talked about in other episodes, and basically all but Sundays, August 1st and every Sunday in August. I have not worked, so it's a total of what, four days. Other than that, I've been working, if not 10-hour days, then it's been 12-hour days. So, plus the uh, other stuff that I do on my on the side, I've recorded two podcasts this, uh, this uh, month, and I see since it's the end of August already, I probably will not have those out by the <laughs> by the end of August, which is sad, but uh, I will get those uh, done for sure in the next week or so. Um, it cooled down substantially, which is nice. It's actually according to the ch- traditional Chinese calendar. Uh, it I guess we're into autumn already, so. Um, and when did that happen? Was that was at the beginning of, uh, was it um, August 22nd or was it August 7th? I think it was August 22nd was the beginning of autumn. Um, and then it, like, it cycles. So it's a base, it's, it, it's the lunar calendar basically, but it uh, doesn't, doesn't, it's not always the same, but you can feel it. Like you certainly can. Whereas like, uh, according to, you know, the, the, calendar that we're familiar with January December sort of thing um, when does the autumn start October 21st right um, but that doesn't always match up with what uh, you would sort of think autumn should be because autumn could start early autumn cooler cooler temperatures and everything so like in, in Beijing and in China we have the San Fu just happened at the end of uh, July this year and that's the San Fu is the hottest days of the year, the dog days of summer, as they call it. And after that, it cools down, uh, and it cools down substantially. And it becomes quite nice, and then you get into sweater weather, and then you're like, oh, okay, now it's windy and cold again, and dry. <laughs> but that's another thing that's very weird about living in Beijing. It goes from being super humid in the uh, the winter, sorry, in the summer, and then in the winter, it goes to super dry. And you're just like, well, where, where did all the moisture go? 
got the workouts done. Uh, afternoon was um, was feeling heavy. And I know why. And I was kind of like, I can make it through this run. No problem. I could not make it through the run. So I had to come back and uh, interrupt the running. Uh, but ended up doing a total of five kilometers. And I went back outside to uh, finish up the, uh, uh, the workout. I'm thinking, you know, I do sort of the same intense workout on Monday and Wednesdays. What if I changed Monday's workout to be just a little bit gentler so it wasn't as crazy as like trying to do four miles at lunch, uh, 100 double-unders, the, the push-ups, the jumps, and everything? Maybe. We'll try. So, I mean, today I was sort of forced to have a, a, a gentler workout overall, but um, given the, uh, the, the time constraints. But uh, overall, still got out there, got the work in, and then after work, actually after my Chinese... Uh, translation class. I <laughs> did a uh, a bit of work, uh, some mace bells and uh, some mace swings and what, what's the other thing called? Steel mace and club bell and the bell. So the mace and the bell swings uh, do those. Those are my sort of my, my Monday go-to workouts. Nice and slow. Uh, I don't try to get the heart rate up very high for that. Uh, it's more about the ballistic movements. It's more about uh, kind of Whole, full whole body workouts with those things uh, you do have to be careful with them especially here in the uh, the apartment where there's like glass tables and stuff like that uh, I don't want to be smashing anything because if I'm saving money on a gym I don't want to be spending it on uh, repairs within the apartment but overall I was able to get both workouts in the actually with the push-ups today I ended up doing I didn't do one-arm push-ups I did two arm, but alternating with one leg off of the ground. I don't know if you've tried that before. That works your hips, as far as I can tell. Um, very different workout. And you got to keep your, the, the closer your legs are, the harder it will be. Uh, the wider they are, the easier it'll be. So depending on what sort of, um, I guess, uh, what, what sort of target or emphasis you want to put on your hips. That way you can vary the the width of your legs when you're doing these push-ups you can vary them anyway i mean you can do two uh, narrow two mid uh, mid stance and then three very wide uh it's decent work on just what what i do is a normal push-up but then for each down push or each down stroke you uh, lift one leg off the ground and you'll feel it and if you have hip issues as some of us do you're going to feel it in that hip joint. It's I, I don't know the overall benefits. I've never looked at it before. Um, I'm not sure exactly what muscles it's targeting. All I know is that when I'm doing it, it's targeting the hips. I'm going, wow, that um, feels like something strengthening as a result, which is also good. The other thing I did was uh, wide stance lunges, uh, lunge ups, I guess. Uh, so normally I do bench jumps, but today I want to do wide stance like almost as if I was crawling up three flights of stairs at the same time or the three stairs at one time. Uh, and then that way, again, it was targeting sort of the, um, the muscles near the butt bone, right? So you have your hip joint and then behind it, I guess, is your, your bum. And the muscles around that have been sore. And this is part of hip pain for, I guess, as far as I can tell, many people, and I think leads to osteo osteoarthritis and stuff like that, where your hip joint sort of degrades over time. And if you don't keep those muscles uh, strong so that they're taking 
the brunt of the, the work instead of the bones or the cartilage. That's what leads to uh, things wearing down over time and you need a knee hip replacement. So I guess that's a, so easy to talk about when you're, when you're 40. Um, a little bit harder to talk about. Well, yeah, it's great information now when you're 60 or older sort of thing. So anyway, wide stance lunge step ups. And I did a bunch of those. Again, I mean, it was actually, it's easier than the box jumps. And I figure with these things, also, if I change my Monday workout, it would be different from Wednesday. Because I do know that I do, I tend to do the same workouts over and over again. And I don't change them very often, which and there's a reason for that. It's basically because I don't want to think about it. Um, given the tight schedule sometimes, the timing that I have for it, I don't want to have to think about, all oh, well, what do I feel like doing today? What I want to do is like, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and you're going to do this. That's it, right? And, and you don't have to change it. You can do go varying sorts of um, intensity with those things, but the workouts themselves sort of don't change very often. So maybe this is a change for the Monday uh, workouts. Uh, Wednesday can be different, and then Friday uh, is also usually different as well. Uh, so yeah, speaking of construction inside the house and outside the house, I don't know. Okay. So these cameras, these new cameras that they put on compound, which I'm not happy about at all. Um, they're also digging up a bunch of, I don't know what they're doing. They, they seem to do this once or twice a year where they seem to like, well, we don't have anything else to do. We should dig up something. <laughs> Maybe it was a make work project during the pandemic. But it's uh, like, because that's my main reference point now is the last four years seeing them do this. Uh, they haven't done something like this where they brought in a big machine. It's not really the size of a... It's a big machine. It's not the big drill, but it's like a, a personal size drill, if you will. Uh, not, a sl not a sledgehammer, not the air hammer, stuff like that. The jackhammer, not that. Uh, but uh, there is a guy sitting on a machine here drill note the the entrance way to the building very loud and um, noisy and they're, they're replacing some pipes I'm not sure what pipes they are uh, I don't think anyone really knows what they're doing <laughs> I sort of assumed that it was uh, for the toilets for the sewage system because it kind of did smell like that uh, you know that sickly that sour sweet smell of the outhouses um, like a, of a, of a porta potty you know, that you're like, oh, that, mm, I know what that smell is. It's like disinfectant, but like disinfectant that's been watered down with like, I don't know, flower smell or something like that. Uh, so anyway, it did smell like that. So I wonder if it is the the toilet pipes at the same time. They didn't look like toilet pipes because they, they're insulated. And, but I wonder if these insulated pipes are causing problems because they've had to dig up other, they, they've had to do this construction several times. And it's always been on the other buildings on the eastern side of the compound, or the what? Yeah, the eastern side of the compound, for whatever reason, uh, and probably because they they ruptured or something like that. So I wonder if this is sort of a all right. We're going to finally fix the thing and uh, make sure that it doesn't happen again. Anyway, the main point is is that they're ruining the, they're ruining the running route that I have. I can't do my perfect circles anymore, uh, and they're causing a lot of noise. And of course, there's a bunch of construction guys outside looking at. Me looking at the foreigner with the big beard who's also running outside. They go, look at the foreigner with the big beard. Why does he run like that? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Keep it up. All right. Well, and not only that, construction has also uh, rec recommenced, recommenced within the buildings. I've noticed that several people are go uh, are are having their apartments renovated. So this is, and the thing is about living in China 
or in Beijing into this apartment, there's there's usually always construction going on some somewhere. And they always need to drill. I've talked about this before. Even if they're not, they're just installing a a, a table. They'll bring a drill and drill something. I don't know why, and they'll, I don't know how they'll find it, but they'll they'll do that. And the other thing is that um, you never know the source of it. Like it could be directly under you, under you. It could be four floors up. It can be in the next building over, in the next tower over, but it's reverberating through. So it's kind of, or it could be outside. You're going, where is this construction coming from? It just reverberates throughout the whole building. It's bizarre. Literally, if it's happening on, let's say, the 17th floor, you could hear it perfectly well on the 9th floor, and you'll you'll swear that it's just in the apartment next to you, but you'll be outside. It's like, nope, that's not out there. You can crawl up the stairs and figure out the source of it, and yeah, it will be like eight, nine floors away from you, but it'll sound as if it's right next door. That So sound carries through these things very well. Um, maybe it's the old sort of making sure that your neighbor's not doing anything too crazy. Is that what, is that what it is? It's like, what, what, we don't need cameras inside the house. We got ears. We got people listening to you, right? I have no idea. Value of an hour of a day. How much progress can you make in a year? Well, uh, this kind of struck me the other day, and this actually kind of goes together with, uh, is, is school all that bad? Because if it doesn't teach you finance, driving, or house management, or whatever, you did at least receive a basic education, right? And I guess I speak on the other side of the internet revolution. Prior to the internet revolution, how would have you done most of the things that you're doing today? You put in an hour a day, and in a, in a year's time, how much have you learned? How much can you expect to learn? How much do you want to learn? Now, it seems easy to talk about the technology, but I'm even looking at Mandarin Chinese, which I did have two classes today. I had 8 o'clock this morning, and then also, what was it, 9 p.m., 8.30 p.m., I had a translation class. Uh, I'll talk about this another time. I do have another trans cla uh, translation class tomorrow, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll fill you guys in on how those things are going. But in terms of putting in the time, because I'm looking at this, an hour of Chinese contact time with Chinese teachers, and going forward, if I spent an hour a day speaking, I mean, I, it does increase my costs per day. And it takes up time every day. But an hour for the 365 hours, or, you know, give or take, you know, 100 hours, give or take 80 hours, because you have the weekends, right? 250 hours uh, a, a year, Monday to Friday, how much can you expect to progress progress in that time and do all things progress equally so if I spend that hour uh, for example on Mandarin Chinese or practicing marketing with uh, the, the language vlog or on these podcasts things like that like the how much the, the problem is like you don't even know especially if you're studying on your own you don't know how big the iceberg is that you are trying to run over or to get through or to tackle or melt, whatever. You, you, how big is it? What is the actual goal? And then how much of that can you chip away over the next year? Sounds convoluted. I know. This is where university and school sort of comes in. I go, they give you a structure, right? They give you a structure and say, in six months, we expect you to know this. And the... What one thought that I was having, I'm like, well, 
why do people criticize school so much? And you're right, I, I don't have kids in the school system, so I'm not entirely aware of it. But I, I do understand that the international school system is far different from the school system that I like that would be taught in Canada or even in the United States. Apparently, the United States school system has just gone downhill. And I, but again, I don't know, and I don't know why. And I wonder what people want school to actually teach them. Where, why does school have to teach you everything? and not just the basic education. The retort being, well, why is the basic education like algebra and physics or chemistry or things like that? Or, you know, European history. Why do you have to learn that when there are other things that are more pressing? And this comes down to like an hour a day over a year's time. What can you learn? Now with the internet, things have gotten better in terms of access to information. does the basic education that people get in school have to reflect uh, their jobs or anything like that? Or is that what you're supposed to learn in the hour a day after work or after school, after you've solidified or at least been introduced to the basics of education? I don't know. I mean, I th- going forward, I kind of suspect that homeschooling is going to be a, a bigger sort of uh, component of education. And when China catches on to that, like I know a few people who've done homeschooling before, eventually uh, the kids did go to, uh, like I guess you call it regular schools, to to class with other kids, because uh, it was easier on the parents. And I think that's a sorely understated point. One reason you send your kids to school is because you're like, you need to leave. I need to do other things and not just deal with you all the time. So there is something to be said if. If it's just a basic education, is that all it is? Like, is it is it a babysitting education? Aya, Maya, how? Uh, how did we get to this point? An hour a day, one day every day uh, for one year, how much can you progress? And does the school system have to change? And how would you change it? Uh, I, I guess they've been debating this for a long time. And being out of Canada, I don't really know the how it's going on over there i know here in the, in the international system they do teach a lot of high level basic stuff like, el- like physics algebra um international baccalaureate program and stuff like that so advanced placements and it's, there's all these focuses on these international tests but that's given the international sort of uh mixture that we we see here so <sighs> hour a day what would you what would you spend an hour a day on like, i don't even know anymore because i spend hours on for every day doing a whole bunch of different things uh, it's getting to the point of like you know if, you know be really awesome is if I could spend an hour a day on making that day longer somehow how do I make it more efficient hmm. saw the Barbie movie actually not bad Oppenheimer comes out August 30th I think that's when it comes out here in China uh, but the Barbie movie I thought was hilarious I, I was laughing throughout the whole thing uh, and not because of like the constant, you know, joking of the patriarchy and stuff like that. It was, there were so many references to like early 1990s, 1980s sort of pop culture, how Barbie was sort of being advertised. I didn't know that they had that many different types of Barbies. The one with the, where she raises her arm and her breasts get bigger. There was a one with a video camera in her. 
video camera inside of it. And that one, like I understand why the company would release that one. But sound, it looks kind of cool because you can record something on the front end and watch it on the back end, right? Which in the, the, the character in the movie kind of goes like, no one wants that at all. But as a toy, you're kind of like, oh yeah, robotic, that'd be kind of cool. You know? like, actually, why not have a cyborg Barbie? I mean, ain't that cool? There's your security camera. There's your your um your house cleaner and everything, and your security personnel. So I don't know why they were slagging that one in the movie. It does seem odd to have a video camera in your throat and a camera in your back, or sort of a, a video screen in your back. But as a toy, the idea does convey. They had a bunch Alan as well. I actually had no idea who Alan was. Alan is a friend of Ken, and all of Ken's clothes fit Ken, uh, fit Alan. So imagine being that guy. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm Ken's friend, and you can put the same clothes on me that you use on him. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Ken. I did like how they referred to everybody as Barbie or Ken in, in Barbie Land. It was hilarious. A lot of the uh, there's a dance sequence and uh, uh, a couple of song sequences as well. We're kind of like, these are throwbacks to these early movies that would just break out with a song and dance for, you're kind of going, this never doesn't happen in life. This is like the realm of fantasy, which is where it was happening in Barbie Land. So it, it was funny to see. I was laughing throughout the whole thing. Uh, there were quite a few parts where I was laughing and it, the, the crowd that I was, there was only like 15 people in the the, uh, the cinema. They were very silent. They had no idea uh, what was going on. And I didn't catch the Spanish line that the husband says at the end of the movie where um, the, the daughter then says, that's a political statement. And Barbie's like, I have no idea what you said. And the mother's like, don't say that. I didn't catch it. I'll have to look it up. Um, if you see the movie, you'll, you'll recognize what scene I'm talking about because it's where Barbie has... Uh, basically changed roles, if you will. Um, so, anyway, it, it was neat to see. It was interesting. It um, it was a fun movie. Uh, it wasn't over the top in any one direction. Uh, it was very, uh, I guess you could say, pro-women, pro-feminine. But it was dealing with that. It was the movie, although some people would argue that it's just a large advertisement for Mattel's Barbie lineup. I go, yes, but that toy really did change how, like, the, the world. It, it has such an effect on toys, on children, um, and I guess, like, even how adults sort of look at toys, because that thing, it's not just little kids that it's affecting. It affects grown-ups who argue about the effect of toys on kids. <laughs> it's a huge argument, uh, and I mean, I don't know, like, I know my sister had Barbies. I know Barbies were around uh, when, when I was a kid, like, not not for me. Uh, we got the Cowboys and stuff like that. Uh, but I knew people who had Barbies and stuff like that. Uh, you don't see as many these days. So and in China, you don't see it as a big market either. Uh, people know who Barbie is, but whether or not they would have a Barbie, I don't know. It was funny. They uh, had a lot of comments on the patriarchy, of course. And this was because, uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but Barbie and Ken go to the real world to find out why there's like a, a rip in the space-time continuum or whatever it is. Barbie tries to find the girl she's supposed to uh, help. And Ken goes to the library and sees all these men. Well, he gets a couple of books on like 
trucks and stuff like that. But he's walking around, I guess it's Los Angeles, and he's seeing how just men are, are having the time of their lives. They're not like secondary characters in Barbie land. They are primary characters. He's like, this is awesome. The patriarchy is cool. Uh, it was uh, very interesting to see how they did it. Over-the-top, comical sort of uh, presentation of the uh, patriarchal um, norms and stuff like that, societal norms and patriarchal uh, overhangs. Um, there was a the, one of the lead characters gives a bit of a monologue at the uh, end of the, or towards the end of the movie, that you're kind of like, oh, okay, this is kind of going on. Is a lot of that stuff accurate and i'm sure people say yes it is accurate you don't know you don't know because you're not a woman i go you're right uh but i do have to hear about it so at what point do you kind of go how general is this how what how wide ranging is this criticism of the patriarchy uh and uh which is part of what the, the movie's saying is that barbie didn't solve a lot of problems for women it caused more problems because it created sort of this artificial line artificial um, sort of standard of being judged, right? Uh, so, did it help women? Did it not help women? Did it set back the feminist movement by 50 years? Or did it help a bunch of young girls become uh, what they are because they had sort of a reference point to go, well, if Barbie can do it, I can do it. Wh which is the original idea, wasn't it? Wasn't it? <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's an interesting movie. Uh, I, I laughed. I thought it was great. I thought it was well written. I thought it was well acted and everything. So uh, certainly not a waste. It was nine, It was 140 minutes. Perfect length. I think it was what? Uh, 6.10 till 8 o'clock or something like that? Great length. I was keeping track of the pacing. And the pacing was on point for what you would want to be a standard mainstream movie. Not a two and a half, two and a half hour epic. Not a 90 minute short thriller. It was... 100, 100 uh, whatever it is, 100 minutes, I guess it was. Perfect length. Awesome. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. Oh, yes, Trump. Okay, we'll talk about this another time because he's been booked and he has a good, nice little meme. I mean, picture. I mean, mugshot out, folks. But I'll leave it there. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stevensisco.com, streaming on YouTube, Spotify. Not YouTube, sorry. I don't post this on YouTube anymore. Spotify, Apple, and Google. Thanks again for listening. We'll do this again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.